Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is Bill Press and Friends on the District Productive Network. The number one story remains uh, James Comey and the announcement he made on Friday that, oh, all of a sudden we've discovered all of these extra Hillary Clinton emails and we're going to have to look into them, even though we can't tell you anything about them, James Comey saying, in effect, we don't know how many there are, we don't know whether they're significant or not, we don't know whether they're relevant or not, but we're just going to drop this stink bomb in the middle of the election with 11 days to go and let the American people kind of sort it out, which is just uh, an out, I mean, I think a gross example of incompetence, mismanagement, bad judgment, and gross partisanship on the part of the FBI director. So the villain in this piece turns out not to be Hillary Clinton, not even Donald Trump, although close to it, but it's really James Comey, who went where no FBI director should ever have gone. And I'm not the only one to say that. Boy, he has... uh, I I mentioned this yesterday. I'll say it again. I think... I seriously think that James Comey is the worst FBI director since J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, The only difference is, you know, Hoover used to threaten politicians, saying, oh, man, I got the photos. I got the secret photos. And now James Comey's saying, oh, I got the secret emails. Oh, I'm going to release these emails if you don't do what I say. I mean, and the FBI has worked so hard to restore its reputation since the days of J. Edgar Hoover. I think James Comey has just destroyed that reputation and uh, and. They're going to have a. It's going to take a long time to recover from this. And again, I'm not the only one who says that. The former Attorney General Eric Holder, Democrat, has condemned what uh, criticized, maybe condemns too strong a word, what Comey did. So has former Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez, Republican, George Bush's Attorney General. Remember, and so has former Attorney General. Michael Mukasey, also George Bush's attorney general, Republican, Republicans and Democrats. And get this, the head of the Senate Judiciary Committee, conservative Republican from Iowa, Senator Chuck Grassley, put out a statement yesterday, released a letter to, um, to Director Comey saying that what he is doing is really not fair to Hillary Clinton and not fair to the American people. Here is Senator Grassley to Director Comey, quote, without additional context, your disclosure is not fair to Congress, the American people, or Secretary Clinton. In the absence of additional authoritative information from the FBI in the wake of your vague disclosure, Congress and the American people are left to sift through anonymous leaks from Justice Justice Department officials to the press. Uh, There we go, Senator Chuck Grassley weighing in. 
So, I mean, again, the question is, why would Comey do this? I got to tell you, I think, I mean, people say, well, he thought it was the honorable thing to do. He had to inform Congress. You know, baloney. I don't buy that at all. I think Comey was showing his true colors. He's a Republican. President Obama appointed him. And he was getting a lot of pressure from his fellow Republicans because back in July, he did not find Hillary Clinton criminally guilty of criminal conduct. He criticized her for being excessively sloppy and careless, yes, but he said no criminal charges. Republicans have, have slammed him ever since then. And I think Comey found out about these other emails and he said, this is a chance to uh, make my fellow Republicans like me again because this time I'll come out and, uh, and announce to the world that we have more Hillary Clinton emails before, again, before they'd even read them, before they even had a court order that would allow them to read these emails, before he even knew how many he had or what was in them, he drops this bombshell. uh, uh, I think, again, purely turning the FBI into a political force uh, and, in effect, interfering with an election Again, just 11 days before, uh, uh, before so. And it's even more serious on top of that when you realize that the FBI is now conducting an investigation into the myriad ties, it seems, between the Trump campaign and the Russian government. We know the Russian government, 17 of our intelligence agencies have told us the Russian government is hacking, trying to hack, hacking into the DNC. They're the ones hacking into the DNC emails and to campaign chairman, Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta's emails and releasing those to the public for the purpose of trying to help Donald Trump get elected. The FBI is investigating ties between that and the Trump campaign. And James Comey himself told the FBI, his people at the FBI, we're never going to talk about this because we don't want to do anything to influence the outcome of the election. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, he says that about Wait the Trump minute. investigation. But the Hill Clinton investigation, no, wide open. Final point before we get to your calls, 866-55-PRESS. So yesterday, this whole thing comes up at the White House briefing. I wasn't there because I was in New York with CNN. But Josh Ernest is asked, so what's the president think about what Comey did? The president doesn't believe that Director Comey is intentionally trying to influence the outcome of an election. The president doesn't believe what? that he's secretly strategizing to benefit what? One candidate or one political party? Well, I don't see how Josh Ernst could say that. Of course, of course Comey is trying to influence this election. Of course the president made a mistake in appointing him FBI director. And of course Comey has gone again uh, where nobody in the Justice Department or no FBI director should go right and planting himself right in the middle of this presidential election with less than two weeks to go is, again, outrageous, indefensible. Don't you think? 866-55-PRESS. I don't get the White House backing this guy up. Uh Uh-uh. They ought to come out and say, look, Comey's a good guy. Say what Eric Holder said, if you want to. I wouldn't even go that far. But Comey's a good guy, but he made a huge mistake in this case, and we're disappointed in him. Tell the truth to the American people. Don't give us this BS that... We don't believe he's trying to influence the outcome of the election. What's the, the hell downside? Not. What's the downside of just saying this was wrong? This was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, listen. Because my... the more we learn about it, the more the more that the stories come out, it shows that yeah, it was a it was wrong. It was a double standard. My advice to President Obama: fire him. Uh, yeah, we won't do that, but at least don't praise him. 
talking about James Comey and the bombshell that he dropped on Friday with very little information by saying, oh, my God, we've got all these emails we've suddenly discovered on Anthony Weiner's laptop. We're busting the Hillary Clinton investigation all uh, open all over again, uh, He's for which he's been widely criticized by uh, Republican and Democratic law enforcement officials. Joining us uh, in the studio here for his uh, weekly Tuesday visit, Arthur Delaney, senior reporter for the Huffington Post. My God. <laughs> Hello, Arthur. Good morning. Good to see you. Great Good, to be here. Keeping up with all of this. Yes, indeed. Huffington Post this morning is all over this story. And your lead story about trick or tree yeah. uh, outlines all the many connections between Donald Trump or alleged connections between, I guess we have to be careful, between Donald Trump and the Russian <laughs> government. That's right. right. Well, that there's actually, uh, including the fact that there, the FBI is investigating Paul Manafort's possible connections to the Ukraine, Russians in Ukraine, trying to take over Ukraine, including the fact that maybe some of the Donald Trump operatives are in cooperation with the Russian government getting this stuff to WikiLeaks because Roger Stone seemed to know. He warned ahead of time, look, mm -hmm. at, watch out for John Podesta's emails. Obviously, there had been some communication. They de detail all of these things in your story. And yet, James Comey, FBI director, said, oh, no, we're investigating this, but we're not going to talk about any of this kind of stuff because this might be seen as trying to influence the election. Why that conclusion in one case and yet go public in the Hillary Clinton case. Well, what our top story reflects this morning is that after he came out and said, uh, you know, there's some more emails last week. Uh, I, that's all I can say. There's just been so many leaks coming out of uh, the, the intelligence community. And that's the result of the way he handled this. And so they, many of them contradict each other. For instance, there's these stories that they are investigating ties between the Trump campaign and Russia. The New York Times yesterday evening put out a story saying, nope, not true at all. They do not think that Donald Trump is a Russian puppet or that there's any serious ties between his campaign and the Russian government. It's just that Russia wants to disrupt the election and he's in the middle of it. So these stories actually contradict each other. They're all based on... Uh, sources. And James Comey himself, all he said is, you know, I got some emails. I'm looking at the emails. And that's where he's left us. So clearly people are unsatisfied within the intelligence community with how he handled that. The big and, problem with that, by the way, is that once it's out there and once he puts out this sort of not sp this vague news, right? The speculation goes wild, and then things become fact. But that's all you've got in a matter of hours. Yeah, 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 exactly. Without but that's facts, the problem with got, it. That people just go nuts. Like Trump was out there saying that James Comey found a box of emails, which is not how email works, first of all. But that he had found a box of emails that Hillary had tried to hide. So that's what you open yourself up to. When you say in fact, like the that. emails were inside the computer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's, exactly. Uh, there's also um, a report um, that there there was a server that the Trump organization had a server in Russia connected to one of the big Russian banks. Right. And then they were so talking. In fact, they are. Yeah. Of course, we'll never know that because uh, he won't release his tax returns. I, I, but, but again, even this is specifically contradicted in the New York Times story. So it's just a mess. It's just a total leaky mess, a real leaky ship 
the FBI right now. The Mother Jones story that came out yesterday. And the Mother Jones story, right. Uh, closely resembled the plot to the book The Plot Against America by Philip Roth, in which Nazis take over the USA because uh, Germans had kidnapped the Lindbergh baby and were using Charles Lindbergh as a puppet. It's so ridiculous <laughs> that you don't know what to do. And, and I think this is just the fact vacuum that James Comey left us with. And, and, the, and the credible reports that they could have said they were looking at Russian interference in the election, he decided not to. Will we know the way things are going now, will we know any more, will we know any more specifics about what's on Anthony Weiner's laptop before November 8th? Well, what FBI sources have been saying is that probably not. They have no timeline for this. They're not saying it will necessarily get done before then. But just the the pace of leaks right now is so crazy that I can't imagine it just hangs unresolved for a whole nother week. They've got to come out and say something, because if they don't, anonymous FBI people are just going to continue telling reporters what they think is going on, and clearly that's a problem because these different leakers are contradicting each other. You know, we also haven't publicly heard from the Attorney General yet, and I think it's about time that she stepped up and said, Sure. I warned this guy not to do this. Great to see you today, and great to welcome to the program, Igor Volsky. We want to talk about the Russian influence on the election. You know, I've been, I actually have a bet going with my husband, and I told him that he's going to have to step down because this has so much more become a, uh, a, a Comey scandal than it is now a Hillary scandal. Absolutely. And so, you know, when you're in a situation where it's now discovered that you didn't want to go public with the fact that it was the Russians who were releasing the emails we all know and love uh, because it was going to influence the election. But you had no problem writing a bunch of Republican committee chairmen that there are some emails that you discovered that you don't know what they are or what's in them, but they're part of your investigation. I mean, that's a real problem. That's a real double standard. And when you have the Republican chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Senator Chuck Grassley, writing to you saying what you did is a real disservice to the American people because you dropped this bombshell with no information, very, very vague letter, uh, you've just made the situation worse. Yeah. And, you know, I think part of it is also, so, reg- well, let me just say, the regrettable part about all of this, about what Comey did, about how he has entered the political process is we have so much doubt as Americans about our institutions, our, inst- our institutions of faith. I mean, every kind of institution, there's just so much doubt. And this takes the FBI, which I think a lot of Americans saw as this great American, nonpartisan, nonpolitical entity, and uh, put it right in the middle of the political fight. And, and takes, that's, that's a shame. I know. And takes it back to the days and the reputation of J. Edgar Hoover yes. as a political monster, right? Who that it just, worked so hard to shake, by the way, a, all these years. Right. All right. So here's my question. Why do we hear this from the White House yesterday? when Josh Ernest is asked about the president's view of Director Comey. The president doesn't believe that Director Comey is intentionally trying to influence the outcome of an election. The president doesn't believe that he's secretly strategizing to benefit one candidate or one political party. Why is the president defending Comey? All right, he appointed him. All right, yeah. (laughs) But he could say, I made a mistake. 
Well, I think it's exactly what I said, is that it's probably too soon without knowing what was exactly was motivating Comey. Is this abundance of But caution? we know he made a mistake. It's pretty clear now that he made a mistake. I mean, I think for the for a sitting president to say, you know, I've abandoned Comey with, with three days into this story, I think would be irresponsible. I mean, he goes on to make it clear that the president believes <laughs> that, the, that Comey should follow existing precedent, which says, don't do this so close to an election. And we know that the attorney general advised Comey, yep, not do this. Don't do, Don't this. do this. When you have former attorney general Eric Holder, Democrat, saying mistake. Former attorney general Alberto Gonzalez, <laughs> he should not have done this. Form, Republican. Former attorney general Michael Mukasey, Republican, saying no, he shouldn't have done this. I mean, the condemnation has been bipartisan and pretty universal. And if you the only at- person. Who loves him, of course, today is Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Within minutes, he was using it on the stump. Um, Do we have, Jamie, Donald Trump here is praising Comey, right? It took guts for Director Comey to make the move that he made in light of the kind of opposition he had where they're trying to protect her from criminal prosecution. You know that. Yeah. And, you know, yesterday a lot of people were saying... Yeah, well, Trump's saying that today. He said just the opposite in July. But Democrats are condemning him today, and they were praising him in July, too. But nobody made the point. July was a lot different, right? This, what he did this time was 11 days before the election, right? You know that. Yeah, I know that. (laughs) I know that. that. I don't know who else knows that, right? a big difference. So. But look, you look at the numbers and voters don't care. I mean, this scandal feels baked in. You're either outraged by the emails and you are outraged by them from the very beginning or you're not. The numbers really stay the same, which is why I say it's not really hurting Hillary, at least so far not in voters' eyes. It is hurt, hurting Comey uh, within the people who matter most. Who You mentioned Chuck Grassley, for instance, mm-hmm. other Republicans who are saying, what's going on here? Right. And, and when your judgment as an FBI director is in question, that's that's what really hurts, your right. judgment. So you at the Center for, uh, at the American Progress Action Fund have been looking at Donald Trump's 99 problems? So Donald Trump keeps talking about a rigged election. He has for, for weeks. And we've decided that Donald Trump has 99 problems, but a rigged ele- election ain't one. Bang. And so as part of our closing argument, we went through and found many more than 99 and then spent as a group uh, kind of narrowing it down to 99. And it's really, you know, what we've all been talking about. The fact that he has, for instance, 12 women accusing him of sexual assault. The fact that he hasn't released his tax returns. And won't. And won't and refuses to do so. The fact that he... Um, uh, his tax plan gives the biggest benefit to the richest Americans. And now we should add these problems, should update our list. The fact that it's now coming out that he may be a secret agent... Um, put forward by Putin, which, by the way, as a former Russian, really hurts me that I was not approached for this role first, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, Some of us are still not sure you're not in that role, but that's all right. Go ahead. Damn. <laughs> hey, listen, as someone who, back when I left the Soviet Union, you actually had to pay, had to pay to get rid of your Russian or Soviet Russian citizenship to be able to leave. So I had to pay my former government to renounce my citizenship 
so then I could leave. So, so uh, no. You paid your price. I paid my saying. price is what I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> Back in Mother that's Russia. That's right. That's what it was like. That's what it was like in those days. Um, so, uh, and we also have to add what came out is that the, the, on the taxes issue that apparently he used this crazy loophole that was later declared illegal. Illegal. That's the lead story on today's New York Times, right? To avoid paying millions and billions and millions of dollars of taxes. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was thinking this morning, how foolish list. Michael Mike Pence looks this morning, right, who insisted he'll release his tax returns. Don't worry. He'll release his tax returns. Don't worry. He's told me. He's promised me he'll release his tax before November. He's not going to. Oh, make, no. Making a liar. And the best part of it is that Trump never Pence, thro- he doesn't care. Trump never gives his people uh, 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 any, like, information. any rope. Zero. Right? Like, doesn't help them out yeah. at all. He's like, yeah, yeah, it might go out there tell them I'm going to release my tax returns. And then Mike Pence is the same guy that has to go out. Which is what he had to do this past week. He'd go out and say he's not. Gonna or during the last debate, Remy yeah. says, "Well, we haven't had a chance we to talk, talked. but I disagree yeah. with him. We haven't yeah. talked." Yeah. Right. There it is. One week to go. Eliza Collins here from Pol- Political Report for USA Today. Uh, Eliza, bear up, right? Almost. <laughs> we are so close. <laughs> at the end week of the tunnel. Left. Now, here's one thing I find very interesting. We haven't talked about this at all yet today. Is that uh, with a lot of this conversation about the Comey announcement and what impact it might have, 21 million Americans have already voted. Right. 21 million Americans, their votes are in the bank. And by Election Day, 40 million, it's estimated, 40 million Americans, 40 percent, I'm sorry, 40 percent of the electorate will have voted early voting. Uh, I mean, that's huge. That's a massive, I mean, that's basically one out of two people by Election Day will have already decided. Yeah. And those people now, we thought that, uh, at least I always thought, that once you voted, that was it. But there are actually seven states where if you vote and then you change your mind, you can go in, get your ballot back. In Wisconsin, you can do it up to three times. Are you serious? I didn't know that. I didn't know. So how do they, (laughs) I'm sure that's a big Hall you you to have to show it. up, as CNN reports this morning, you have to show up on election day and say, I mailed in my vote, vote, but I made a mistake. I want to change my mind and get another ballot. And you nullify the old, somehow, they, they have the machinery for nullifying the old ballot. Uh, I think it's good. That could open it. That, that, that could, could open itself up to a lot of voter yeah, fraud. Like yeah, that, that sounds like, like a little that, bit of... Like that woman in Iowa who... The Trump supporter who voted twice. Yeah. Because, because of voter fraud. It's a rigged election. Right. Believe me. So I'll just also participate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, and uh, John King reported uh, Friday night when I was at the, the, on the um, A360, Anderson Cooper, on CNN, that what the Clinton campaign did is these are not just, some of them are just your average voters. Like me. I just vote absentee all the time in California, so boom, I mail it in. But what the Clinton campaign did is they identified that their the strategy, you know, it's so sophisticated these days. They identify voters who might have been leaning toward Trump, and then they reported now they were leaning toward Hillary. Well, they know who they are, and they go out and get them and say, vote early. But maybe their votes aren't sealed in now. <laughs> Vote early because before you change your mind again. <laughs> right. Let's so a just... lot of those people, folks. Yeah, but it's. I think it takes a lot for somebody to say, I already, I'm going to go change my vote, right? 
Right. Yeah, and do. if you if you're going to go vote early, you probably feel passionately enough that. Now, you've been reporting on a different phenomenon, which is trading votes. I never heard of this before. Yes. So it's a super interesting thing that's actually been around since 2000. There were the Nader traders. Um, uh, have you heard, do you remember I this? I vaguely remember yeah. this. Well, yeah, oh, go oh, ahead. Oh, is this trader or traitor? <laughs> <laughs> trader. 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 With a, with a D. Yeah. With a All D. Right. So it's yeah. a, I mean, it's it not. Nader, they were with a T. <laughs> Nader's traders. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's not a big phenomenon, but I think it's super interesting. It's the concept that you don't like Hillary and you don't like Trump and you want to vote for a third party. But you feel uncomfortable. It's kind of looking at that binary choice idea. Like, you've accepted that even though you're going to vote for Jill Stein, she's probably not going to be in the White House. So they go on these websites, and there's a few of them. And they're all a little bit different. But you basically go on this website and say, I'm a Jill Stein voter in Florida. But I'm willing to trade with a Hillary voter in a safe state. So it's either like a safe, Hmm. like an... California, where the votes yeah, really, or right. like in Alabama, you know, just not a, not a battleground. And they trade, and some of these websites, they find each other and they agree, and some they'll get matched, and some are like a two-to-one. You can get two Hillary voters for one Johnson. But they basically, word of honor, trade their votes, and the idea is that no popular vote goes away for this person, but it's helping to stop Trump. Uh, what name can you name one of the websites? I mean, yeah, so it's I mean, there's a never hashtag never Trump app, which I think is like there are probably people just they looking got the for app that. Game now? I know. I was like, how did you guys get that? Um, I'm surprised it wasn't taken. But, you know, people are probably just looking hashtag never Trump. And then it asks you questions. So you don't even really know right away what it's like. Who are you voting for? Where are you? Oh, are you interested in trading your vote to help stop Trump, but still have someone vote for you're a person, but there was interesting. But you would only do it in a state where it would not uh, not affect the outcome, really. Right, and these yeah. apps. So, and like things. California, you know, is going to go for Hillary, so you could trade somebody, get somebody there to vote for Johnson. Exactly. And if you're in hmm. a in a key swing state like a North Carolina, maybe or you could. Right. Vote for Hillary. And I had an interesting, I talked hmm. to these people over the course of a couple of Damn, weeks. Damn, I could have traded my vote. Right? <laughs> you could be a vote trader. Um, I could have sold it. <laughs> that's, I don't think that's, that's okay. I don't think that's okay. Rigging the election. It's a rigged election. <laughs> <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> yes. I didn't say that. Cut that out. <laughs> Cut that off the tape. God. It's a Might good thing. Might not be as rigged as I thought. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good thing today's not the day we're on C-SPAN. Thank goodness right. for that. Right. Yeah. We could have gotten in real trouble there. You can just make sure that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, there, one of my favorites is there was a someone in Texas and Colorado, and they had agreed to swap, Clinton voter in Texas, Stein voter in Colorado, agreed to swap, but as Colorado started to widen and Texas started to narrow, the Clinton voter in Texas asked for his vote back. Because he wanted to go for a more, he wanted to go for someone in Florida. He couldn't find someone, but now he's like totally fine because Texas is becoming close. So I thought it was just an interesting. They're all maneuvering, and the Stein voter in Colorado was like, "Well, I can still vote for Stein, and looks like Clinton's gonna win." So they don't always end up trading, but I thought it was interesting.
Uh, Igor Babish from no Igor Volsky. That was two hours ago. This is Igor. From we had Bobbish. we had the dueling Igors. The on dueling Igors. Yeah. The double Igor. Double Igors. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with the fact that uh, Donald Trump says how bad this James Comey thing is. It's the worst thing we have ever seen in American politics. This is the biggest scandal since Watergate. Hillary wants to blame everyone else for her mounting legal troubles, but she has brought all of this on herself. The biggest scandal since Watergate. Mm. Igor, wow. Is that what you're reporting on Huffington Post? Well, I mean, you really would never expect uh, a man like Donald Trump to overstate, you know, anything. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, well, first of all, if he, if he had any knowledge of history, you would know that that would be absolutely not the case. Uh, second of all, he's clearly politicizing. He's making a big deal out of it. And uh, this whole James Comey announcement really played into into his pocket. Uh, he was looking like he was down for the count, and now he's got new ammunition. And he's been, you know, whacking Hillary Clinton over this day in and day out. And um, I, some of the polls this morning, at least, have shown some some softening for her, um, which which may or may not have started even before the Comey announcement. But really, he's he's got some you know, ammunition now to work with. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, and you can count on him to overplay his hand, <laughs> which we just heard. But uh, the lead story in Huffington Post today um, points out that in a, in a large extent, the, the headline is trick or treat. In a large extent, the focus has shifted from Hillary to Comey, particularly mm -hmm. on the Russian connection. Mm -hmm. Because it seems from leaks in the FBI that there is a, okay, they may have just discovered this, trove of Hillary emails or Huma Abedin emails. Right. But meanwhile, there's a, also an ongoing investigation into the Trump campaign and connections to Russia. And as you point out, there are all kinds of levels of <laughs> possible Russian connections <laughs> here. I mean, work us through some of them. Uh, well, first of all, you've got uh, uh, Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, has all these ties to Ukraine and pro-Russian separatists there. Uh, that, that, that they're uh, investigating. Uh, there is a purported server, uh, Trump Organization server, that has been making some kind of contact with the Russian bank. Uh, you've got um, all these different ties. You know, uh, Trump's own finances, we don't really know what's in them. He's been uh, touting Putin on the trail. He's been pra praising him as a strong leader. There's all these different strands. And, and, uh, you have Roger Stone, Clearly with a connection to Julian Assange and right. WikiLeaks You've because Wiki <laughs> he knows what WikiLeaks is going to be talking about. He said ahead of time, John Podesta emails. Yeah, I mean, it's... And you, WikiLeaks, obviously, according to our intelligence agencies, are getting all this, the, these hacked emails from sources close to the Russian government. Right. And, and so you combine all of that, and then Comey had decreed, uh, again, according to leaks from the, the FBI that they would not talk about any of this Trump-Russian-related stuff because it might be seen as interfering in this election. I mean, that part I just I don't understand. Uh, uh, Comey reportedly uh, earlier this, this month, this year, um, made the decision not to come forward and, and tell the American public about this investigation out of concern that it would unfairly influence the election. And then came out last week and said, you know, that he was restarting this this uh, email uh, investigation, uh, basically deciding that one was more important than the other. I still don't understand his reasoning there. Um, I think he might be 
might be a case of CYA. He might be trying to mm-hmm. cover cover his job uh, later on uh, after November 8th. It's uh, it's a little bit perplexing. The great senator from the state of Virginia, Democratic candidate for vice president, and uh, I think I can say confidently, uh, the next vice president of the United States, Senator Tim Kaine. Hey, Senator, good to have you with us today. Hey, Bill, so glad to be with you. I'm going to be in Madison later today, and I know you've got a big affiliate there. I'm glad that we could talk this morning. Oh, yeah, you're in Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina this morning, and out to Madison with yep. our friends at 92.1, the mic. So, Senator, I forgot to ask you... Um, are we conducting this interview in English or Spanish? I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> in in English, solo in English. I'm going to give a uh, campaign speech in Spanish later this week in Phoenix. I'm doing back-to-back events in Phoenix and Tucson, one in Spanish and one in English. But uh, we'll, we'll stick with English on this one. Uh, I'm glad we're solo in English at this moment. Thank you, Senator, for that. <laughs> right. Let me ask you uh, the big news, of course, that we've been talking about for the last few days. Uh, the announcement by direct FBI Director James Comey on Friday. Did he make a mistake, Senator, in your opinion, in raising this whole issue with 11 days to go in the campaign? Well, I, I'll say this, Bill, I, I, and I know Jim Comey pretty well because he, he played a key role in the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia when I was mayor of Richmond, and we worked closely together. I have a high regard for him, but I'm very troubled by this, puzzled by it, and I think it's pretty clear that that what he did was in violation of at least two really important protocols that the law enforcement community follow. And one is not talking about an ongoing investigation. You don't do that. And second, uh, there is a clear longstanding pattern in the FBI and the Justice Department of not uh, putting out information that could be politically controversial on the eve of an election. And we know from reporting yesterday that um, Director Comey is very aware of both of those. Um, he appeared before Congress at the end of September and was asked questions about investigations into Russian activity mm-hmm. that compromised the American election. He says, we don't comment on pending investigations, and I'm not even going to confirm whether there is such an investigation. And then about 10 days later, on the 7th of October, um, a, a whole slew of national intelligence agencies put out a statement saying that they had verified that Russia was trying to engage in activity to influence the American election, and Comey would not sign that. He didn't disagree with the conclusion, according to reporting yesterday, but the reporting was he didn't sign it because I don't want to put out controversial information right before an election. So if there are those two clear protocols, and if he understood them and has been following them, why would he have broken both of them last Friday, um, and he had to kind of almost immediately within a day kind of do a do-over letter. So I, I'm just very troubled by what appears to be a double standard. <clears throat> and, you know, I've, I've called upon the director to clarify, you know, why is there a double standard in this case? Uh, do you believe he also, do you also believe that he broke the law, as uh, Senator Harry Reid has suggested? I, Harry suggested that, and I have not read Harry's letter, so I don't know um, the, the legal argument there uh, and have no opinion about that. Um, but, you know, what, what I'm really focused on is the there are these two protocols, and Bill, they're there for a reason. You know, you don't talk about an ongoing investigation, because what if it turns out that there's nothing there? Leaking information that somebody is being investigated is itself, um, you know, harmful. So, on the, on the thought that you may find that there's nothing there and not go forward, you don't talk about it while it's pending. That's a really important principle, very important principle for uh, a justice official. And then the second one is equally important. Don't 
inject you know, into the closing phase of a campaign material that you know people will take and use for political purposes. Donald Trump took that letter that, uh, that the director sent to congressional leaders, and within minutes he was misrepresenting it misrepresented it as if the FBI was reopening the investigation into Hillary Clinton, which they're not. And that's why you don't put out that kind of information right before an election. Are you worried about what might be in these emails, Senator? What do we know that's in these emails? What has Hillary Clinton told you or Huma Abedin told you about these emails? Um, I am not worried about it. I've communicated with Hillary, but not with Huma, but I'm not really worried about it for this reason. The FBI did such an extensive... um, investigation on this matter, you know, months and months and months with a lot of manpower involved, um, and Huma was completely cooperative with them and gave them everything that she had, and then they reached a conclusion, and the conclusion was a very unequivocal one. As Director Comey testified to Congress, you know, he said there is no reasonable prosecutor, not one, would take this case further, and when he was asked at the hearing about even that Strong conclusion, he said, and I reached that conclusion. It wasn't even close that that should be the conclusion. So, um, given that they looked at this for so long, and they reached a conclusion that was very unequivocal, we, you know, Hillary says, "Fine, look at anything you want," but we don't expect that it's going to be any different than the elaborate investigation that you already conducted. I'd love to have more time, Senator, but I know you've got to run uh, another week to go. Good luck in this final week, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. I hope. Thanks, Senator. I'll look forward to it. Right. Seven days of sprinting. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> you got it, Senator Tim Kaine. Uh, and again, we're back in studio here in Washington, D.C. Igor Bobish here for the entire hour. As a friend of Bill, we're now joined also by Van Newkirk, a senior writer, staff writer for The Atlantic. Igor, welcome back. Hello, Van. Good to see you. Good to see you. Congratulations, right? You're pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. I, I thanks, read that thanks. since the last time you came in. I was yeah, very excited. Yeah, in April. In April. Yes. Okay. Now, it's interesting. Senator uh, Tim Kaine's in North Carolina. You've been writing a lot about North Carolina. I wanted to get into that with him, but we only had him for those few minutes. Uh, and th- these a lot of efforts in North Carolina to suppress the vote. or That's what it is, really. Right? Yeah. Uh, any progress in that? Or how, how has it impeded the vote or could impact the vote? on a week from today? Well, I think what we've seen through the early voting period is two different things that both mean different things for Democrats. So we've seen early voting turnout over the the first week, the first couple of days, the first uh, sold to the polls Sunday, uh, actually increased over 2012, or, or at least stayed the same based on what we've seen from the early returns. But in those numbers, black turnout seems to have diminished from 2012. Well, we can't tell if those are that's the result of suppression efforts in some counties. Uh, well, that, that's what some people believe, but it could just be there's a lack of enthusiasm among black voters after a state has tried to mm. disenfranchise them for years on end. Um, you might imagine that would have some effect on just motivation to vote. <laughs> The Parting Shot with Bill Press. This is The Bill Press Show. Well, who's the big loser in this email scandal? It turns out that it's not Hillary Clinton nor Donald Trump. The big loser really is James Comey, the director of the FBI, who has come under criticism 
widespread criticism from both Republicans and Democrats. First, because he sounded the alarm about those new emails before he, he even knew how many emails there were, who sent them, whether or not they were significant or relevant or contained any classified information. And second, even though the attorney general warned him not to, he dropped that stink bomb just 11 days before November 8th, thereby violating decades of Justice Department policy to stay out of politics. Comey's action was a monumental display of incompetence, mismanagement, bad judgment, and gross partisanship. And in the end, James Comey alone, alone may be hurt. He'll certainly be looking for a new job come November 9. That's my parting shot for today, folks. Hey, thanks for being with us. Thank you, C-SPAN, for joining us today. Now, go out and have a great Tuesday. Come back again tomorrow. This we'll be is looking the Bill Press Show. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.